right. It is the Montana Mint Sports Podcast. It's Bear Tycoon leading us off because Hot Take Nate taking a bye week with his Bobcats, the only break he has this entire offseason. And joining me, give a big shout out to our gambling expert, Bobcat fan, Montana Parlay. Montana Parlay, what's up? You know, just having a beer and ready to talk some football, Get going to the perfect week to have a bye for the Bobcats so they can make some big-time fixes. Yeah, they need some fixes. We're going to get to that game uh, momentarily. We talked about it at length last night on Big Sky Big Takes. Check out our Around the Horn Style podcast in our uh, podcast feed. Uh, but Montana Parlay, Mike Nugent from the Grizz Fan Podcast, Chris Hammond from Tubbs at the Club talking Idaho, and Andrew Howden talking ISU last night. Really good panel. Um, and we talked about the big stories, but I want to talk about all the stories today. So we're going to go game by game from last week and kind of give you our initial impressions from that. We'll end with uh, the Montana State-Sacramento State game because that was the game of the week, objectively the game of the week. But let's start out. Eastern Washington-Montana Parlay. They beat Northern Colorado 54-21. As a Big Sky fan, what are your top takeaways from this game? Um, You know, it just kind of an expected outcome, so to speak. Uh, Eastern took care of business. They're kind of in a every week is a playoff game mode right now. And they scored 54, which shows their offense is right back capable of, uh, you know, being high powered. You know, they're just going to take it week by week. They, they're sitting on a bye this week watching the next game of the week uh, because after that, they have the game of the week at Montana. That's right. Yep. Next week is going to be a huge, huge week, potentially college game day. That'd be a great place for them to come. Um, yeah, my takeaway with Eastern Washington is, yeah, look, they are 2-1 and one in the Big Sky Conference, 3-4 and four overall. They definitely have a... Uh, a tough road to get to the to the playoffs because one of their three wins was against Lindenwood, if I remember correctly. You do. Um, so Division Two, maybe an NAIA win. Um, so they only have three FCS wins. They need to win out, as you said. But I'm not as down on Eastern Washington as some. Um, I think that they are. It's right for them not to be ranked. I think it's right for them to be in the middle of our power rankings. Um, that this is a good team that can. Put, they can damage a lot of uh, every team in the big sky, uh, and I don't think anyone should be taking them lightly. I still think that they have top-tier talent. Looking, you know, total offense in all the FCS, Eastern Washington is number three overall. That's tops in the big sky, the best offense in the big sky. Uh, UM's right behind them off by about a yard and a half uh, in terms of total offense, but Eastern Washington still moved the ball. I think they can beat anybody. Uh, in the Big Sky Conference. So Grizz next week should be pretty concerned about this Eastern Washington team. Uh, Northern Colorado, yeah, I, I think we put the Dun chain on them in uh, July, uh, but they, they're they one in six. I think we said for the over-under, I think we set it at two for them. Do you see them hitting that, going over that? Are they just at one? Have they only beaten Idaho, or have they played an NAIA or JV no. high school team like some of the one other guys? One in six. One in okay. six overall. Oh, uh, you know, I'd have to look at their schedule real quick because, believe it or not, I don't have Northern Colorado's schedule memorized. But uh, I think two is pretty fair. Uh, they'll be lucky to get there. Um, ooh. They, Here's the remaining schedule. They're not going to get okay. there. Here's the remaining schedule. 
winnable, but no gimme games. Okay. Portland State at home. That's this weekend. At Idaho State, Frisco, Idaho State. They have Montana State at home. They go on the road to North Dakota and then Cal Poly at home. There's winnable games in there, but yeah. Northern Colorado has not really demonstrated an ability to win games. No. So I think I would comfortably take the under. I would too, but I I don't really want to bet on that. <laughs> I don't. Uh, first off, I don't think we can find anyone to bet on that, but um, I wouldn't want to bet on that either. Uh, all right. The next game, let me scroll back up. To the schedule, the next game we need to talk about, Idaho State's drubbing 55-20 of North Dakota. North Dakota, obviously not a Big Sky Conference team, but playing Big Sky Conference schedule while they're an independent. Um, We talked about this a little bit on the pod last night. Uh, So two questions for you. Takeaway from North Dakota, where do you kind of rank them in terms of Big Sky teams? Um, And then Idaho State, this is an impressive win. 35-point win over a team that was getting – Play, uh, uh, top 25 votes at the beginning of the year, if not ranked in the top 25. Uh, wh- what's your take on Idaho State? I followed that game pretty closely. Uh, if you um, listen to the pod, Parley's Picks, follow me on Twitter, you knew that I'm that was one of my most confident picks of the year. And what was also interesting, and I should have fired up the site, the five dimes, the double or triple down, is there was a snowstorm in Pocatello. Uh, North Dakota got in late. Friday night, uh, and that definitely affected them. Uh, they were tired after the first quarter. They had a good first drive, but then Idaho State just blew them out of the water. So, you know, it, I, North Dakota didn't adjust to their uh, emotional win at home very well, and I, Idaho State adjusted to their emotional loss on the road at Montana. Uh, it'll be interesting, but here's the thing. We've talked about it a thousand times. Uh, Nuge brought it up pretty well in the pod yesterday, but Idaho State screwed themselves on the schedule. You know they don't yep. they don't have any FCS wins coming into conference. They might have one or two conference losses and have zero chance at making the playoffs. Yeah, why not? I mean, if it's all about FCS wins, it's a it's a travesty. We've talked about it all year. Coach Fennessy not pleased with how the, the scheduling got made out. It looks like it's something that they're trying to fix, but it's a slow process. A lot of these games are locked in early on. Um, by the way, quick spin through North Dakota's schedule. So they're three and three. Okay. Not bad. Those three wins though, all FCS wins, a yeah. big win over Drake, uh, squeaked by Sam Houston state and then beat UC Davis. Their losses not a bad loss in terms of teams that are playing. Not a bad loss in the lot. They lost at North Dakota State, at Eastern Washington, and at Idaho State. So, uh, you know, at the time, Eastern Washington, top 25 team when they when they lost to them. North Dakota, obviously the best team in the country. Idaho State, fringe top 25 team uh, when they lost this weekend. So uh, those three FCS wins, that's more than half of the Big Sky Conference already. Um, that would, in terms of Big Sky Conference play, that would put them at number five, I believe. So, not not a bad, not a bad resume. Yeah, when you look at their schedule and break it down, uh, I'm I'm slightly changing my opinion on them. I had them more in, in the pod yesterday towards the bottom part of the rankings, but 
you know, all their losses have been really tough road losses, uh, especially when you take the rest of the schedule into account. So, you know, we don't, if they were part of the Big Sky, I'd have tough time ranking them because I don't really know where they stand. We'll see what they do at Cal Poly, which is another tough trip for them. Yeah, it's a tough trip. And, I mean, they, again, they did this to themselves. They wanted to get into uh, the, what's the, what's the conference that, North Dakota State plays in uh, Missouri Valley. That's right. They, I think it's Summit for basketball, Missouri Valley for for uh, uh, football. Um, and you look at their rankings overall: sixty-eight out of total FCS teams in terms of total offense, fifty-three total defense. That's I mean, really middle of the road for the two of them, and that just kind of shows who they are. They might just be the most average team in all of football. Um, all right, and. Uh, yeah, you know, hats off to Idaho State. I, I've been big on them. I was big on them all off season. Very happy to see that they are getting uh, some top twenty-five votes. But it's just, yeah, you know, they've been receiving votes basically all year to get in the top twenty-five. They haven't cracked it. It's because of this dumb schedule, self-inflicted wound. Um, so we'll, uh, you know, that's on them. Fix it. Yeah, fix it. Idaho yeah, State. fix it for the kids and for the coaches. It's not their fault, and they're for the love of God. They're a heck of a just team. Just do it. You know, just do it. Um, all right. Next game up, Portland State twenty-four, Idaho zero. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> I just I like somehow Idaho makes me laugh every single week, either by beating Eastern Washington in what was definitely the funniest game of the year. Um, or getting blown out by, or getting beat by uh, Northern Colorado, not blown out, but beat by Northern Colorado the following week. It's every every game you're going against vastly different talents, vastly different types of teams, and somehow Idaho finds the the way to to arrive at the funniest outcome overall. Uh, I mean, we know Idaho stinks. I don't want to hit it too hard because we've been talking about this a lot on all the different pods. Uh, but Portland State, I do want to talk about for a minute. They, if you just look straight on the rank, you just go to like ESPN rankings. You know, Portland State right in the mix with all these other top tier teams at two and one of the conference, four and three overall. Those records, not too bad. Do you have how many? Have you watched any Portland State this year? I know Pluto's had a really tough time. Uh, getting feeds up for those games. Uh, sometimes there's no announcer. Sometimes it looks like it's being filmed from an iPhone. But have you watched any Portland State, and what is your takeaway from this team? I've watched them. You know, again, when they were at Idaho State, I loved uh, ISU in that game. So I watched a bit of that. I also watched the first half uh, against Boise State uh, I, when I was in Macomb for the Bobcat game. Uh, yeah. It was on in the bar, and they looked tough against Boise in that first half. Score ended up being 45-10, to 10, but that's when I sat back and said, you know what, is this team going to challenge, um, you know, the middle of the road to fringe playoff team in the big sky? And, you know, again, schedule, <laughs> they uh, Simon Frazier and Eastern Oregon just killed them. It makes their defensive stats look amazing, uh, yep. but – kills them so they've looked great against arkansas first game of the year good against boise in the first half and then you know they're just going to be a team that struggles on the road and does well at home and probably doesn't make the playoffs because of their schedules i mean you 
we can stop talking as soon as we look at their last four games at Northern Arizona, home for Montana, home for UC Davis, and at Eastern Washington. Uh, we'll we'll be done talking about them at all in the middle of that stretch. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, it has been kind of fun though this year. All the different teams in the Big Sky Conference. I think besides Southern Utah and Northern Colorado. <laughs> Every other team has looked frisky to the point where we've had to have a conversation about them. Um, Portland State, I feel, I think you're right. I think they've peaked uh, this week. I think this will be the highlight of their year when they're getting receiving votes. But I do want to point out one thing. Um, I feel like there's a lot of comparisons that can be made between Portland State and Idaho State in terms of, you know, shitty out-of-conference schedule, mm-hmm. looking good, you know, decent record fringe playoff team. You know, there's all these different things we can go, but I do think the narrative is ahead of, it would be backing Idaho state. I feel like more people believe in Idaho state, but if you look pure stats, Portland state ranked number 26 in the country in terms of total offense, Idaho state 59. But again, significant. Does that include the two NAIA games? Yeah, and it includes their FBS games, too. Okay. Um, but, you know, week seven, I think things are starting to smooth out. They both have really shitty out-of-conference schedules, so, um, you know, you can kind of make a comparison there. Defense, similar uh, big disparity. Portland State total defense, 20 overall, allowing 327 yards a game. Idaho State, number 75 overall in the country, allowing 414 yards per game. You know, I I don't think either of these teams is going to get to the playoffs. I think both of them could probably beat someone like San Diego if they did get into the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to make it for the reasons we discussed with scheduling. But I do think it's kind of unfair that Idaho State has gotten a lot more buzz in the Big Sky uh, community over the past, I'd say, week or two, where Portland State has a pretty good resume and they have the stats to back it up. Yeah. Well, a lot of that comes with a head-to-head matchup. But here's here's an interesting scenario for the what-if machine, okay? If Port- okay. Portland State and Idaho State swapped schedules with the Cats and the Grizz, whereas one FBS school and otherwise pretty soft FCS matchups non-conference. You know, you look at where Missouri – or, uh, sorry, South, South Dakota's heated up a bit, but those first three weeks they were garbage, you know uh, – uh, Norfolk State, who the Cats played, uh, North Bama at home for the grid. You know, you, you look at those games. Yeah. Would Idaho State and Portland have the same records as the Cats and the Grizz if they had the same schedule? It Probably. Uh, you know, a very good chance. Yeah, I, I, I. that's a tough one. I mean, I think that the Cats and the Grizz both played some, like, middle-tier FCS teams out of conference. And I think that's probably where Idaho state and Portland state deserve to be. Yeah. Right. Like I think those are more their peers than anything else. Um, but I don't know. Idaho state. It's just so frustrating that it is, uh, you know, we, we've talked about it at length on so many different occasions, but just, figure your shit out i'd like i'd like idaho state to be competitive right now i hate that we're ruling out decent teams in mid-october because of their scheduling well last year they beat the bobcats had the same overall record and didn't Mm -hmm. make the playoffs because one of their wins was 
a Division II or NAIA win. So, you know, it's going to be yeah. two years in a row for Idaho State. Well, and yeah, I look in Portland State did play two uh, uh, Division II games. Or I think Eastern Oregon is NAIA, but Simon Fraser, the hilarious Canadian team that we've talked about before, um, and, and Idaho State only played one such drop-down game. Portland State also had a victory over Southern Utah, which is like, who cares? That's basically a Division II <laughs> game. Um, but let's see what they do against Idaho, right? I think if, if I think there's no one's actually debating this because no one in Portland covers the Vikings, but at least in my head, is this a solidly middle-tier team? If they are, um, this weekend they should take care of business at Northern Colorado. They should, but it, that's they a tough certainly place took care of business to at Idaho. Yeah. They certainly took care of business shutting out poor little Idaho. Okay, next game. Uh, I thought this was a great game. I was looking forward to this one going in uh, to the weekend. Turned out not to be uh, super close, but UC Davis 48 doubled up Cal Poly, uh, who had 24. Davis still ranked in the top 25. Uh, what do we have? Where should we be thinking about Davis? Davis can feast off these bad defenses. You know, Cal Poly, I kind of thought they had an outside chance of winning that game um, just because Davis' defense hadn't impressed me at all. They've had such a tough schedule. I didn't, you know, know how much motivation they had, but they, they knew that if they take care of business down the stretch, they've still got a great shot at the playoffs. But Cal Poly's passing defense is atrocious. You know, I, I noticed that. In the Bobcat game, we just couldn't do a whole lot about it. And UC Davis took full advantage of that by putting up 48 points uh, against Cal Poly. Yeah, Jake Mayermeyer had a great game, 378 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, yeah, Cal Poly's defense is, is an issue, and they are throwing the ball, getting the ball down the field. But Cal Poly's defense is not just kind of bad. They're really bad. Total defense, 114th in the country. Uh, Passing yards allowed, ranked 108. I think there's like 120 FCS teams. So this is one of the worst defenses in all of the FCS. So uh, UC Davis, let's see. Let's pull up their schedule. Let's see what they need to do in order to get into the playoffs. They they can lose one. They can lose one. They can lose one. They have three wins. Uh, schedule. You know, while you're looking that up, that game, you know, I almost forgot because the I kind of tuned it out, but my brother brought it up that Cal Poly was within 10 and driving the ball in the middle of the fourth quarter, and they fumbled it on the 12-yard line. UC Davis returned it for a yeah. touchdown. Yeah. So, I mean, Cal Poly was about to be down three or seven, and instead... They're down 17 in the middle of the fourth quarter. <laughs> so once again, maybe that end score is a little misleading with Davis. Yeah, I mean, but that it is still pretty significant. 24 points. I mean, yeah, that is what you want to do. Uh, Jake Mayermeyer looks solid, you know, in all his games this season. He's played seven games. Only twice has he been held under 300 yards. That was at Cal Berkeley first game of the year and then against the mighty Montana Grizzly defense on my birthday a couple of weeks ago, 275 in the air. Um, all right. So they have three wins, three FCS wins. One, two, three, four, five games left. 
So they can lose one of these games, right? Yeah. At Southern Utah. Should be a win. Guaranteed win. That's this weekend. If they, I mean, they need to win that game. That is an absolute gimme. Um, Weber State comes to UC Davis. Great that game. That is a great matchup. Great game. Great game. At Portland State, that should also be a win. But maybe not. And then at Portland State. At Portland State. Uh, I mean, if they are a playoff team, they should beat Portland State. For right? sure, yeah. Okay. Um, and then they play Montana State and at Sacramento State to close the year. Ooh. That is a pretty, pretty tough schedule. They, I mean, luckily for them, they have Montana State coming to Davis. The week before uh, Cat Grizz. Trap game city for the Bobcats. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, it'll be a home game for Davis. Cats will be looking forward to to the week after. But you know, what if what's your gut telling you on Davis? Are these guys making the playoffs? What's weird is because of the schedule, and I think I was incorrect before when I said Davis had the more favorable schedule than Eastern. But gosh, even though they can lose one, that's a rough four games versus Weber at Portland State versus Bobcats at Sac State. Even to go 3-1 and one in that stretch is asking a lot. Uh, whereas Weber, if they beat the Grizz coming off a bye after the Grizz play, maybe the best or second best team um, in the F- in the Big Sky this weekend, you know, it, yeah. Eastern's got a pretty decent schedule the rest of the way. Man, I don't... if. If you had to bet on Eastern or UC Davis to make the playoffs, who would you back? Ugh, let me pull up Eastern's schedule again. <laughs> um, it is – I think Eastern is the better team. Um, I, I think but they, so, too. They're, they're in a hole because they're they have one less win than Davis. They both have, still have five games left. Um, but they do have a slightly easier schedule. Tough game at Montana. Um, and that's, uh, you know, in terms of playoff teams, that's probably the only one for, you know, potential playoff teams they play. They play Northern Arizona at Idaho State, out at Cal Poly, and then host Portland State to end the year. I mean, they, besides that Montana game, they're going to be favored in every other game uh, for the season where Davis – as we've discussed, you know, they, they might be the underdog in the Weber State game and the Bobcat game, even though those are home games for them. Yeah, it's possible. And on the road at Sacramento State. So, I don't know, who do you think would win head-to-head between these teams? Davis and Eastern? Yeah. I think Eastern for sure at home. And then at UC Davis, I'd, I'd say it's a coin flip. Yeah, so a neutral field. UC Davis, neutral field. I'd I take uh, Eastern on a neutral field. Got it. Um, yeah. What a what a mess. Just figure out this scheduling. Then the last one we got to talk about. Uh, Weber State took care of business. Southern Utah score is a little misleading on this one. Twenty nine fourteen. Southern Utah was sticking around in this game, and that would have been an absolute disaster for our uh, Weber State. Wildcats. If they lost to Southern Utah, I think is inarguably the worst team in the Big Sky Conference. If they lost to them, that would, you know, even though they're one of the best teams in the Big Sky, 
there's no guarantee in playoffs this year just because of the number of wins they have. They have four FCS wins and a, and a semi-hard schedule coming forward. Um, but it was going into the fourth quarter. It was uh, 14 to 7. Um, Weaver State ended up winning it, but it's not like they look great on offense doing so. Caden Jenks only walked away with 137 yards passing. Uh, they moved the ball on the ground, but we've seen this the past few weeks with Weaver. I think we were, everyone was pretty high on them after their uh, uh, early season schedule, holding SDSU and Nevada to 25 points combined. Um, but the past couple weeks, they've let up points, right? Yeah. That... They let, they let Idaho score 35 points. They won the game, but letting Idaho of anyone score 35 points on you. Yikes. Uh, you and I, uh, uh, North Iowa, 17 points, Southern Utah, 14 points. I mean, that, that's a pretty solid showing, I guess. Um, but I, there's just something with Weber State against Southern Utah, keeping it so close. That's got to be a bit concerning. And I think it all just comes back to their offense being so, so uh, ineffective. It might be the nicest way to say it. Yeah. And that's they haven't had those showcase well-rounded wins like Sac State, like the Grizzlies, yes. and that's why I have Weber behind both those teams in the power pole the last couple weeks. Um, yeah. And their defense, it's not been super impressive lately, but let's not forget in this game, as bad as Southern Utah is, this is a rivalry game. And that means something <sighs> at every level. I know it's yeah. you know fifteen points, but it does mean something. And the road team, yeah. the road team has won this matchup, I believe, the last five times. So it's not like Southern went in there thinking things were hopeless. They went in yeah. there thinking they had a good shot. And Weber's offense just isn't dynamic in any sense of the word. So uh, it was a lot closer than it should have been. Yeah, that's absolutely true. <laughs> Weber. Weber's got six games left. Uh, that means they could potentially end up with 10 FCS wins, a tough schedule uh, going forward. But the rest of October, that they host NAU and then go on the road to UC Davis. If they can go 2-0 and out of those games, uh, all doubt I have about this team will be re- removed uh, from my head. The last game we have to talk about, I'm going to let you kick off the conversation. Give us your your thirty second overview, your fears about the Bobcats, but Sacramento State knocking off number six in the country, Montana State in Bozeman on homecoming. What happened, Montana Parlay? Man, when you set it up like that, it sounds like a really bad loss for the Cats, which it was. But to break it down, number six was a bit too high in my opinion, given the Cats' offensive woes and uh, yes. uncertainty. At- quarterback plus you got to beat those top tier teams in my opinion to get a top 10 ranking and the cats have not done that this year or last um so you know sac state wasn't ranked which you know i bet there was a lot of average fans at that game that were just like what in the heck is this but you know the bookkeepers basically said sac state's a better team on a neutral field and it showed uh the cats d is what worries me the most we all know their qb issues are there we all know their offense is pretty one-dimensional but when their defense primarily their pass rush isn't working 
that's what scares me for the rest of the season. That's what makes me think they're not going to get past the second round of the playoffs. Their schedule's going to get them into the playoffs. But third down, Sac State was 9 for 13. Coach Choate talked about this at QB Club, and that's indicative of a bad pass rush. Third down is when you're supposed to pin back your ears and just get after that QB. But when he completes 9 out of 13 successfully, you're not getting pressure on that quarterback. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, and they're off at watching this game. I watched it on Pluto on my phone. Um, but watching this game, it, it, the, the offense was just so predictable. What Montana State was trying to do was so predictable, uh, especially in the second half. If you look at their possessions, uh, they had one, two, three, four, five possessions in the second half. Punt, punt, turnover on downs, turnover on downs, and then the touchdown they scored late. Um, it just did not seem like they were moving the ball. I just, to me, at this point in the season, the Cats have had a great year. They have very, very, very good pieces across the board. Um, they have five FCS wins. They need to get to the playoffs, and they need to you know, focus right now on uh, doing what they can to do some damage in the playoffs, making sure you get in, making sure you win some games. To me, the only way that the Cats are going to dominate is if they go back to, to Trey Anderson. You know, why not at this point put him back in? I think the the gains that you get on on defense with him out there when he's healthy, uh, th- that doesn't outweigh what he gives you on the offensive side of the ball. Why what what tell me if if you heard tomorrow Coach Choate named Troy Anderson the starter for the rest of the year, are you happy or sad? As a Bobcat fan that wants the best shot of making a deep playoff run, I would be happy with that scenario. However, for Troy Anderson's future, yeah. I'm not happy because that kid is an NFL talent. And, you know, for a lack of better way to describe it, and it's, you know, shows us it's a more of a linebacker mentality, is he's a bit reckless. When he gets out there, he's not thinking about you know, sliding feet first, about going out of bounds. He's ready to light someone up. And he hasn't been 100% for the last three to four weeks. So if he is the starting QB, he's going to take some licks and he's not going to hold back. And that, who knows how that's going to affect his health, not only this year, but potentially going forward, you know, as a Sometime a you know some type of third fourth round pick in the NFL or deeper in the draft. I don't. I'm not going to pretend to know too much about the NFL draft. But he is an NFL type prospect, and I'd hate to see him get hurt because we just can't get our QB situation figured out. Yeah, but you can't. I don't know. I get that, but I don't think that you can protect a kid for for that reason. If you were on a team on scholarship, on a team. You know, it's you're supposed to be doing whatever is best for the team. True, but it's and, a FCS football team in one of the best uh, conferences in that division. It shouldn't come down to all right. Here's a our best athlete. We're putting him at quarterback. I mean, if they want to do something like that, why not Johnson? He was dra- He's a transfer from Oregon, and he can play QB. He can almost do that. Anderson type, you know, without the raw power that Anderson has, you know, type 
QB system. So to me, that's if they want to commit to that type of offense, why not do it with Johnson? Well, because I, I mean, to your point, this is a FCS, you know, Big Sky Conference. This is, you know, one of the top two or three conferences in all the FCS. This is real competition. Troy Anderson is a strong enough player, a good enough athlete to put in quarterback, and he's demonstrated this all of last year that he is good enough to get you where you need to be to win games. I think Travis Johnson might be 90% of Troy Anderson, but I don't think that's enough. And I think we're seeing that's not enough. 90% of Troy Anderson is not enough to just throw an athlete back there and, and make him, make him run for it. Um, but I will say this, I think a lot, especially hot take Nate, I wish we could release his text messages to the world to see, but he was so, <laughs> so, so sad about this Bobcat loss devastated yeah in tears and maybe why he's not on the pot tonight he may still be <laughs> in tears about all of this uh it's it, it's a it's a okay loss yeah you know it's it's not the end of the world i think that if we knew sac state was going to be this solid coming into the coming into the season yeah losing to a top 25 team that's the beauty of having a playoffs right like we don't have to worry about each individual loss. You just have to get a resume to get into the into the playoffs. You don't need to be in the top four in the country. You need to be in the top 24. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about this loss. Yeah, we're going to make the playoffs. It's just that the competitive fans that have been following this team for a while, we want the Bobcats to do more than make the playoffs. You, you know, you get that first round at home, it's great. But no – Without a QB, we know what our fate is. We're not going to make it, you know, a deep playoff run without a QB. It's just not going to happen. Look at look at what North Dakota State is putting together. Look at teams like James Madison, uh, Villanova, heck, even the Grizz or Sac State. If, if you can't compete with those guys, you're not going to get very far in the playoffs. Yeah, I do love all this love that we're giving to Sac State right now <laughs> when we had them pegged for two wins. Yeah, the yeah I did see that. In the... <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, um, we've adjusted accordingly and quickly with our power rankings. We're not, we don't, we're not stuck to our terrible early picks like some pollsters are. Exactly. Um, one, one more interesting point on the Bobcats. They have a bye week coming this week. Um, Perfect five timing. Five games left. Perfect timing. Five games left. Uh, they have five wins. Our boy Hot Take Nate made a significant wager uh, that they would go over seven and a half wins. Did he actually get uh, that placed? Yeah. Oh. yeah we, we found someone to take it. Um, and I had Grizz over six and a half, which I'm feeling pretty good about. Yeah. Um, but seven and a half, he, he, they have very three very winnable games coming up. North Dakota, Southern Utah, Northern Colorado. Cats are going to be favored in all of those. Uh, but if they drop one of those and this over is hinging on a game at UC Davis or Cat Grizz, we have to get a live stream on Hot Take Nate to watch it, have him watching these games because it is going to be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. It could it could very well come down a month to the Cat Grizz game. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So talked about all those teams. We want to get into this week's schedule. Um, we're going to hold off. The game of the week 
clearly it's the only two ranked teams playing each other, but also a lot of intrigue uh, with Montana traveling to Sac State. We'll save that for last and start at the top. Uh, we've talked a lot about these teams, so let's just give our predictions um, on score when we uh, get here. I'll start off the first game, Northern Arizona at Weber State. The line on this, I think, is 15 and a half we saw. Yeah. Um, I think that is, uh, you know, Northern Arizona, number six offense in the country, the top passing offense in the country, period, in the FCS, top passing offense, going against a very, very good defense, the top defense in the Big Sky Conference in Weber State. Weber State has a awful offense, 114th overall. So not kind of bad, very bad. One of the worst, one of the, one of the top, you know, one of the bottom five or six offenses, right? So I get that Weber State may be able to slow down Northern Arizona's uh, offensive production, but where, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to score a lot of points. So I'm going to go, I like uh, Weber to win this game, but I think it's going to be, uh, uh, not a high-scoring one. I'm going to go Weber 21, Northern Arizona 17. Yeah, I mean, Weber started off 4-0 against the spread, so I think that's part of the reason why they've had some of these big spreads the last two and now this game. Uh, you know, it's like an overcorrection. It's funny you mentioned that you think it's going to be low-scoring. It's not that I think it's going to be high, but the over-under in that game right now on five dimes is 62. Would you, would you have guessed that? Never. No. Never. <laughs> so, yeah, I was talking with – I'll mention my brother once in a while because he's as avid of a gambler as I am. But uh, how do you not just pound that over-under? I, I've been burned on so many college over-unders. It's just tough for me to do much with it. But that's just perplexing to me. I, you know, taking that into account, you know, I think – NAU will stick within two scores. So, I, I gosh, uh, Weber 27, NAU 21. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're pretty pretty close there. Four and six point difference between the two. The next game, um, yeah, Portland State took care of Toilet Bowl, Idaho, last week going on the road to Literal, literal toilet bowl, northern Colorado, Greeley, Colorado. The place stinks like poop. Um, this week, I, I you know, I, Portland State should should take care of business here. This might be northern Colorado's uh, last chance for a win. Um, this is definitely on their schedule as something that they need to be uh, uh, preparing for if they want to get up to two wins, meet or over-under. Um, I think Portland State dominates them. I'm going to go Portland State, 42, Northern Colorado, 10. Whew. Well, I... What's the spread in this one? Ten and a half. It's only like 10. Ten right? and a half. Yeah. But remember, you know, it, other better teams have come into North Northern Colorado with smaller spreads and not covered. So yep. you got to keep that. But, you know, Portland State's used to playing at small, shitty fields. So who knows? It, <laughs> I kind of think this won't be too high scoring. Um, I think Northern Colorado covers. So let's say Portland State 27, Northern Colorado 20. Portland State 20, 27, 20. You have a lot of faith in this. By the way, 
Portland State's offense, top quarter in the country. They're tied for 26 overall in offense, total offense. Wow. Northern Colorado defense. So there's 126 teams in all the FCS. Oh, I just Googled it while you were talking. Where do you think they rank? Total defense. 126 teams? Yep. 114th. Oh, they wish 123rd. Oh, can I change my that answer? Is, that is <laughs> on the score. That added. is not good. Nope. Yeah. Locked in. Jerry's already got it locked in. He's on a bye week this week, but still called in to take our stats down. What a guy. Producer Jerry. Yeah. We thank him. Give him a raise. For being such a, such a really solid fella. Um, all right. Next, this is the Root Sports games that Root Sports wishes they could flex out of. Um <laughs> Just like last the battle week. Of the, the Battle of the Domes. Idaho State at Idaho. Idaho State is a six-and-a-half-point favorite on the road to Big Brother Idaho. Um, it. I have some thoughts. You start this one off. I, I started the last two. You have some thoughts. Okay, this is one of those games where, you know, I'd love to bet big on the home underdog, but it's just a matter of, What's their motivation? What's going on with the coach? Does he submarine the game plan because he doesn't have his son playing quarterback? Like, <laughs> So I'm not going to put any real money on this game, but I do think Idaho should cover. They're upset about losing big last year at Idaho State. They're at home. They've got a better line than Idaho State. Uh, gosh, I think I think it's going to – I say – Idaho 30, Idaho State 35. All right. Wait, Idaho 30, Idaho State 35. So Idaho covers that. Yeah. All right. I am going to go, I think Idaho State, well, hold on. I got to look up. Let me look up Idaho's schedule first. (laughs) I want to confirm one thing. Because they do weirdly get up for games. Yeah. This is an in-state rival. Exactly. And in terms of remaining home games for Idaho, for Idaho, this is the only one that fans are going to go to. So this might be the game they get up for. They might get over 6,000. Idaho State. Idaho State. Uh, they play them this week. They've, they host Cal Poly. No one's going to that game, period. <laughs> Tickets right now on ESPN, $6. Um, That's high. And then they, yeah, then they host... They host Sacramento State, where you can get a ticket for $7. No one's going to get out to Cal Poly Sacramento State. If you're a casual fan, your team stinks. You're not going to go watch two schools that you don't. You could, No one in Idaho can tell you even what state Cal Poly's in. Um, I think they get up for this. I think Idaho gets up for this. And I think uh, I can't take Idaho to win. Can I take <laughs> Idaho to win? Do it. Make those – give a little present to the tubs at the club guy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, Brian and Chris. I feel like I've been talking a lot of shit on Idaho. I love your ability to get up in big games. Do it. So I'm going to go Idaho, Idaho 6, Idaho State 0 in the most unwatchable (laughs) game of the year. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, All right. Three safeties? No. (laughs) Three safeties. Um. Okay, next game, we got two left before the big one. Uh, North Dakota at Cal Poly. This is a stinker fest. I, I, what's the line in this one? I forget. 
North Dakota's favored by one. It's basically a pick em. Oh, right, right, so. right. Ugh. You went first last time. I'll take a crack at it this time. Um, God, Cal Poly's definitely going to cover. Cal Poly can still run the ball, even though been shaky at times. I like them. I believe in them. The number nine ranked rushing team in the country. Montana State, number 10, by the way. Hmm. Number nine rushing team in the country. North Dakota, let me pull up your defensive stats. I believe you're right in the middle, like you are in everything else. Yeah. All right, I'm going Cal Poly. Cal Poly, 35. North Dakota, 28. Wow, that's... I just wrote down my score, and we're pretty close. I, Let's hear it. I was 34, Cal Poly, North Dakota, 30. And Ooh, I, I, we are close. If you listen to Parley's picks, you'll hear I'm a little confident on this one. But after looking at the schedule and we went through you know, North Dakota's schedule, I'm a little less confident. Plus, Cal Poly's defense is just so bad that yeah. um, don't pet the farm on this one, folks. I think this is a – out of all the, the the out of the slate this week, I think I like Cal Poly the most for betting purposes. But yeah, I agree. But be cautious, people. Bankroll management here. Bankroll management is important. Um, but I, I, once I do go back to that Eastern North Dakota game when the wind was whipping through the red tundra in uh, Cheney, but which is it Cheney? <laughs> Whatever, Cheney something, but. Eastern beat them just by running the ball, and Eastern's not a running team. They yeah. crushed them running the ball. So now North Dakota travels all the way to Cal Poly, real grass against a triple option team that all they really do is run until you just get so tired of focusing on the run they throw it over your head. Ah, Cal Poly should win this game at home. Yeah, they should. Um, I think we are in agreement there. Though one thing, so I'm going to be – Randomly in Atlantic City this weekend, oh. um, watching college football. I'm and I've already been in touch with the uh, with the sports book we're going to be at the bars we're going to be at to see if they can play the Montana uh, Sacramento State game during it. Yeah, um, I may try to see if they can sneak on UC Davis at Southern Utah. I might see if they can uh, take bets, sneak on the 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 Dome Bowl, whatever <laughs> we're calling it. I am not going to. Ask if they can put on this North Dakota at Cal Poly game. No, just don't care. Don't care. It'd be nice if Cal Poly won, but otherwise, um, not super interested. Uh, next game we get. Oh, and by the way, Parlay's picks normally happens in the middle of podcasts. We have him on here before he knew he was coming on. Before Nate, uh, uh, you know, told us last minute he was taking a bye week. Parlay sent in his picks. We're going to play that at the end of the episode. So if you want to hear Parlay's picks. Listen to the very end or just skip to the end. Hear those. Can't miss bets. Bankroll management. Montana Parlay at the end of this. But the next game we're going to talk about, UC Davis at Southern Utah. Um, I'm a believer in Davis. The line in this game was 16. Uh, is it moved? Because it, I saw it at 14. 14. All right. Let's go with 14. Um, I think this is a no-brainer. I still believe in Davis. We walked through their schedule earlier. They come up, they dominate really bad teams. I like that they're playing uh, Southern Utah. I love that it's a 14-point spread. I think Davis is going to roll. I'm going Davis, 
45. Mm, Southern Utah, 14. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's what should happen. If Davis yeah. is going to make the playoffs, if they're a playoff team from last year, they've got to come into Cedar City and dominate. But, you know, we've got that Big Sky Better Lines every Friday uh, on the mm-hmm. Big Sky Podcast Network. Give them a follow on Twitter. And we've got a pick. It's an interesting little uh, setup because you've got to pick an underdog. you got to pick a favorite, and then you get extra points for your most confident pick. And yours truly, of course, is in the lead now, uh, right where I should be. Um, mm-hmm. I look for the favorites this week. If you've noticed, I've picked all underdogs so far. I took a long, hard look at this game because UC Davis should blow them out of the water. But I'm, once again... Uh, take caution. Cedar City is 5,800 feet above sea level, uh, whereas uh, UC Davis, I'm guessing, plays a little closer to sea level. It's not an easy place to play. They should win. They should win easily. But I've got the final score at UC Davis, 36, Southern Utah, 23. Uh, not a cover. 36-23? Yeah. Let me ask you this. How, in God's name, does Davis get to Cedar City? Do they charter a plane? That's a good question. I would because oh, let's see because that is boom, 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 boom. I actually don't know where UC Davis is. It's probably uh, Davis is. It looks probably like three hours north of San Francisco. It's near Sacramento, so I guess they have the Sacramento airport. They can fly in, but yeah, that's too far north. There's really no. Uh, They'd have to drive all the way to Salt Lake City and then south or or south to Los Angeles and then north along 15. So they're probably – what? where the hell would they well, – f- I don't think they would have to do that. That would – Well, that would they're taking two – have you looked at the western United States? through? You're not <laughs> driving through the middle of Nevada on a two-lane highway. Have you seen that stretch of road? <laughs> it's bad enough taking uh, the route – Taking 80 between Reno and Salt Lake, I can't imagine driving some freaking back road between Carson City and uh, and to Eli. I mean, who knows what could happen there? Yeah. I'm looking on Google Maps. Uh, yeah. Avoid that. Avoid that Reno route uh, from Davis to Cedar City, going through Reno, 666 miles. Yeah, I think that's a sign you should probably just take a flight. I'm flying, guessing, but I'm guessing they fly. They gotta, think they charter something special i mean what i don't know i bet you they fly to salt lake and connect down there yeah. maybe st george has yeah st george probably but still once again not an easy travel we saw what can yeah. happen to teams when you like the bobcats they flew into what quad cities or whatever for the Mac- yeah. for the macomb game you get on a bus yeah. you go an hour you don't go to some crap stadium that has terrible facilities like it doesn't matter how good you are those are tough situations yeah, um, yeah. I, I, now I'm kind of regretting my giant my giant spread, but I will stick by it. <laughs> stick with it. Um, yeah, the last one we have, uh, big game of the week. We'll talk about this quick. You want to hear a full breakdown of this? Grizz Fan Podcast It's already in our podcast stream. They come out every Tuesday. Those guys, absolutely crushing it. The number one podcast in Montana, the Grizz Fan Podcast, covering everything Montana Grizzly football. This week, their pod was like two hours and 20 minutes coming off of a bye week. So, you know, it is chock full of good information. Um, this is, I'm so excited for this game. I was nervous going into the Davis game 
I just had, you know, I think the tone overall was that the, the Grizz were an underdog uh, going into that game. They'd be lucky to, to keep it close. Um, I think Montana has established themselves as the top Big Sky Conference team for right now. Number two in our power rankings. Number two, we both put them number two. Sac State. Sac State is not an accidental 2-0. and They are not an accidental 4-2 and overall. Oh. This team has played a tough schedule. They have competed against every single team that they've played. Uh, and I expect them not to be intimidated coming into Montana. Uh, I know the Grizz are favored by less than a touchdown, right? Two and a half? Less than, less than a field goal, yeah. Yeah, two and a half. Um, I think that that line's right. I mean, that suggests that on a neutral field, Sac State would probably be favored. No, no. Remember, this is at Sac State. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Correct. So it's a bit of, you know, Sac State having to travel from Bozeman. Uh, Grizz coming off a bye. I think this line, and Grizz are much more known, probably get a lot more money behind them, kind of like, say, the Yankees in the MLB or the Patriots in the NFL. So this line basically tells me that uh, the bookkeepers think they're pretty darn even in that, because of the factors I just mentioned, they have to make the Grizz the favorites. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, the Grizz have certainly earned a lot of respect. Um, you know, number four offense overall. Their defense has looked great at times. Uh, you know, they're susceptible to long passes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're letting up a lot of a lot of yards uh, per game, but they've shut down. They've shut down uh, good rushing offenses. I I like that. My gut says that, and I've been pretty pessimistic all year, but my gut says that, that it's going to be a shootout. I think the Grizz step up and win this. I think they know that this is uh, a very important game, and I think they cover. I'm going to go Grizz 24, Sac State. Oh, sorry. Grizz 24, Sac State 21. That doesn't sound like much of a shootout in the big sky. No, I know. I t- <laughs> I know. I got I shootout, and then I just I'm worried that everyone's going to be fried. I'm going yeah. 24, 21. And I, you know, I've gone back and forth on that too. I can see a shootout. I could see uh, the Grizz starting slow, uh, both against the best pass rush they've seen since Oregon. And the- wait, hold on. Hold, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Second guessing myself. Shootout. And make it easy for me to edit it. 44-41. Grizz by a field goal. Big time shootout. Continue. Okay, so, yeah, I, I've i gone back on and forth on whether or not it's going to be a shootout or it might start slow because the Grizz could be a little rusty coming off the bye. Sac State might be a little rusty given their, late, their schedule the last two weeks. Um, anything could happen in this game, but once – just like we've seen in other Big Sky games, it could be 0-0 at halftime and end up at the score you just mentioned. You know, it easily. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've got, you know, I'll talk more about this game, but I've got Grizz 34, Sac State 30. Uh, I think it'll okay. be close. I think anyone can win this. It's going to be a great yep. matchup. I'm really looking forward to uh, how the Grizz passing offense matches up against Sac State's defense primarily with Sac State's line they get pressure on the quarterback 
The Grizz haven't seen that since that FBS game against Oregon. So we'll see how they adjust to it. And Sac State hasn't faced a well-rounded offense like the Grizz have since their FBS matchups, which they did well in. So it should just be, it might be the best game this year. And like you said, I bet I, both Root and I wish they could flex because it's so much better to watch those Root games. Yeah, I think the past three weeks we've had, obviously, you know, so we have this game, Sac State. The game of the week last week was the Sac State-Montana State game. And then October 5th, two weekends ago, was Sac State, Eastern Washington, the, the game of the week? I Has Sac State want, really been the game of the week for three consecutive weeks? I, I want to say yes, mostly because I have I bet that game against Eastern. But before we say for sure, okay. That was when the Grizz played Idaho State. The Cats played Cal Poly. Like yeah. I was excited for those, but those, neither of those were like great games. Yeah, it, it had you know, it had to Arizona be Arizona at Northern Colorado. Idaho played Weber. I mean that there's an outside argument for be. that, but for the Weber Idaho State game, but it has to be Sac State Eastern was the game. So three, yeah, three weeks in a row. Wow. Number one, good work, Sac State. Good work, Hornets fan on Twitter, the one Hornets fan we found. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm going to make this promise to all Grizz fans, to Grizz Nation, my solemn promise. If we lose this game, I'm not going to overreact. This is a good team we're playing. I'm not going to hot take Nate it. I'm not going to act like the world is falling apart if we lose to Sac State. So you'll be back on the pod next week, even if the oh, Grizz yeah. lose by three scores? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. As long as we, okay. as long as we, come out healthy, I'll be happy. All right. Good game. I want them to win. I think they're going to win, uh, but let's not overreact. If the Grizz win, which I picked them to, we're setting up some pretty nasty um, tiebreaker scenarios in the Big Sky. <laughs> I mean, we could yeah. have an absolute train wreck at the end of the year. Maybe that's what we need. Yeah. Maybe that's what we need is we have six teams tied for first place. They go to a tiebreaker. <laughs> it, it somehow knocks Montana and Montana State out of the playoffs. And yeah. then the athletic departments at both schools, the fan bases just revolt and make the Big Sky Conference change this ridiculous schedule. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's it. I will send you these. Maybe we'll post these on Twitter. I don't know if. I'll keep track of this. We'll announce at least the winners um, of this. I think we agreed on every single game in terms of who won. Winner, yeah, just except had... uh, Idaho, Idaho State. So yeah. that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, all right, we're gonna end this, but before we do, we have a very special return of the watch party, and. I, it, you know, you can't, you can't hear it in my voice and you can't see me, but I'm tears streaming down my face, streaming down my face. I cannot believe it. Brock Osweiler is returning to the Brock watch to the watch party. One last time earlier today, Brock Osweiler career earnings, $42 million, a uh, career record, 15 and 15, 37 touchdowns, 31 interceptions, Super Bowl ring retired today from the NFL. Yeah. Uh, wasn't on a team, but he, he went out, let everyone know. That's it. Retiring. I'm done. 
the Brock watch has ended. It's devastating. It was fun while it lasted. Brock, we love you. If anyone knows Brock Osweiler, we'd love to have him on the podcast, talk about his career. There's no bigger fans in the Montana Men's Sports Podcast than Brock Osweiler. Let's have you on. Let's talk about it. So sad to see you go, Brock. Um, I mean, what, what, let me compose myself. You say a few nice words about Brock. Only well, nice words. Only nice words. I was going to make a little joke about retiring when you're not on a team. It's kind of like saying you're done dating when you're single. But <laughs> that would never be Brock's problem because he's tall, rich, and very handsome. So that Super handsome. would never yep. be a scenario he'd have to worry about. Um, good words. Now, here's the thing. We're massive fans of Brock. Huge. Love him. I, I watched him in high school, and I tell you what. When the average basketball player in uh, Montana's six foot, like if you're six one or six two, and in, in Montana you're playing center, and he, yeah. and here I am watching f- high school football in Montana in Billings, Montana, and he comes to town, and he's six seven, and I'm just like, he's just mass. He's like a full. His guys come up to his armpit. Okay, it and he yeah. was amazing. So obviously, because he made. You know, he went to the NFL. So that's where it started with Brock and I. And uh, then, you know, just following him with the mint watch here. He went in 2015. Okay, let's not forget this. You know, since the big contract and because people are jealous of how tall and how handsome he is and how rich he is, he's gotten a lot of hate online, a lot of jokes, a lot of memes. But let's... And I'm going to get into why that might be in a second besides the jealousy. But 5-2 and two as a starter in 2015, yes. okay, basically allowed Peyton to get his second Super Bowl ring because here's what happened that year, okay? In Brock's second or third start, the Patriots came to town. They were 10-0 and 0 at the time. You know, they were favored heavily. They were dominating the Broncos in the first half. Brock led a fourth-quarter comeback to tie the game and then an overtime touchdown to win it, which solidified home field advantage in the playoffs, which was much needed. If Peyton Manning's noodle arm at Foxborough in the AFC Championship, Broncos do not win that game. They won by two points, I think, at home, thanks to... To Brock for giving them that home field advantage. So Broncos have Brock Osweiler to thank. Um, Peyton Manning has Brock Osweiler to thank. Then he and Brock Osweiler's bank account has that season to thank because he signs that massive deal with Houston. Doesn't play well. Here's the thing, though. Here's a big reason besides jealousy that he has a lot of hate online. It's the gambler aspect. Besides that comeback victory against the 10-0 Pats who were favored. Brock absolutely murdered every survivor pool in the nation last year (laughs) and every tease in the country. When the Bears came to town with their prolific defense last year and Brock was named the last-minute starter for the Dolphins, everyone who has ever put a dollar on the NFL immediately teased the Bears with their other favorite game and put the Bears in their survivor pool and Brock made them cry. And besides, you know, the handsome, tall, rich jealousy, I think that's a big reason why he gets so much online hate. I think there's a lot to it. And I think uh, 
if I remember correctly, Brock Osweiler, I'm pretty sure, three and zero against the Bears as a starter, <laughs> three different teams. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, it's really sad to see him go. He, yeah, I, we've talked about this when he wasn't able to sign on a team earlier this year, but uh, retiring with forty million dollars made at twenty nine. He is probably going to travel the world, hang out with his good-looking family, and have a <laughs> very, very good life with only $40 million in the bank and only uh, starting 30 games in the NFL. That's a pretty good outcome. Super Bowl ring, and he wasn't just a, a bench player, as you mentioned. As a huge Broncos fan, as someone who owns a Broncos Brock Osweiler jersey, I can tell you that he was crucial to the Broncos getting in the playoffs. He was at times looked awesome. And then teams ended up figuring him out after about uh, three or four games, but yeah. he looked like the real deal. He got us a Super Bowl ring. He's retiring a champion uh, with $40 million in the bank. So good for him. Brock, if you, we'd love to have you on. Someone knows Brock, let him know that we were dying to have him on. We'd love to have you on Brock Osweiler. Yeah. Yeah. We're big fans. Huge. And not to be outdone. So sad note, Tip of the cap to, to old Brock. Um, some some very positive news, especially for Hot Take Nate and his uh, longtime crush, yeah. Alex Singleton. Huge crush. Pro- promoted from the practice squad of the Philadelphia Eagles all the way onto the full roster. That means this Sunday, I'm assuming the Eagles play this Sunday, uh, this Sunday we can watch our boy Alex play real NFL football. He was He's replacing... Zach Brown, who got cut, uh, linebacker who got cut after talking shit on uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, and then Kirk Cousins lit up him and the Eagles. Zach Brown got cut. That makes room for our guy, two-time CFL All-Star, CFL champion Alex Singleton, friend of the pod. He's been on a couple times. The apple of hot take Nate's eye. Are you going to watch him? I'm so happy. Great for Alex. Great for the Bobcats. Great to have him back in the league. Oh, it's, Are you watching this week? Oh, of course. And here's the other thing. It's Besides this being massive for Bobcat fans, massive for fans of uh, the pod and Hot Take Nate's biggest crush on the Twitterverse, this game has a lot of drama besides that. You know, the Eagles coach guaranteed a win, and the Cowboys said they have to win this or else it's at Cowboys Stadium, Sunday night game on NBC. Massive, massive spotlight here for our boy Alex Singleton. Massive. Uh, yeah. Last time I can remember uh, Montana or Montana State guy being featured prominently in a Sunday or Monday night game was uh, when Colt Anderson was involved in that insane Colts play. The punt where they sent or the it wasn't a punt. They sent everybody like over to the right side of the field in a bunch. And it was supposed to be this trick play. And they just ended up getting clobbered. Colt Anderson was on the field for that. So uh, I do remember uh, hopefully, that. <laughs> hopefully Alex Singleton has a, a better, better outcome. Uh, there, but you know, I think it's safe to say this, the the timing of this is not a coincidence. Brock was passing the mantle today by announcing his retirement uh, to Alex Singleton as the Montana guy that we can love in the NFL. Now, Alex, not born in Montana, but is a Montanan in our hearts. Very excited for him. Bobcat legend Alex Singleton, Philadelphia Eagles. Everyone else in the watch party. Uh, Still still keeping an eye on it. I thought you were going to say the timing couldn't have been better because Alex Singleton knew Nate 
was on his bye week and didn't want to hear a love song, <laughs> love song sung live on the pod by Nate himself. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's still to come. Regardless of how he does against the Cowboys, Nate will be singing next week for his love. Uh, Alex Singleton. Okay, let's wrap it up. We've been going on about an hour, and it is getting late. But as a reminder, Parlay's Picks coming up next, uh, and that's it for this week. We'll be back next week. Oh, actually, I'm going to raise one more thing. Go ahead. We've talked, we've talked a couple times uh, about the importance of buying stuff at the Montana Mint store. Now that money all gets invested back into the Montana Mint, Montana Mint Sports, Big Sky Podcast Network. Uh, there's, re- If you want to help out us create more content, we're not going to ask you for donations like NPR, any of those dorks. We're going to just be straight with you. We make a lot of our money off merchandise. We make really cool merchandise. We have great designers. Go check it out. Best thing about it, all of it is uh, we do limited runs on all of our stuff. So if you buy one of our new hats, there's only a couple of those hats out there. We do very small number runs. You're going to be one of less than probably like, uh, I think we do them batches of 48. So one, only 50 people tops in the state are going to be wearing that. Uh, you can really stand out with our gear. It's all really good. And it all comes back invested to the Montana Mint. Uh, and why that's important is we are, uh, you can't announce it yet. We have very big news coming up in terms of uh, some, some movements outside of the sports space. Uh, which we are pumped about and we are able to take this on because of your support, but we're able to continue it and continue to expand out doing some unique coverage here in the state. If you support us in the Montana mint store. So keep uh, hopefully next week, probably uh, early November at the latest, we'll have this announcement uh, ready to go. We're really pumped about it and we thank all of you for our support. So with that, we're going to go parlay's picks and then we're going to have Laney Lou and the bird dogs play us out like they do every week. Montana Parlay, thanks for joining us, and we will see all of you. I guess you'll hear us next week on Montana Mint Sports Pod. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Parlay's Picks. I'm Montana Parlay. We're coming off a four-week profitable streak here at Parlay's Picks, and we're going to try to keep things going on a week where I don't like any favorites. Speaking of which, the University of Montana heads to Sacramento State to take on the newly top 20 Hornets in the matchup of the week. The Grizz coming off a bye are a two and a half point favorite. This will be a tough one for the Grizz as they have not faced a pass rush like this since Oregon. This one is actually a stay away for me where I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the game. I'm going to turn my attention to Cal Poly hosting North Dakota where Cal Poly is actually getting a point at home against a team that beat UC Davis, then went on the road and got blown out at Idaho State. It's another long trip for the guys from North Dakota as they are going to be playing on grass against a triple option team. I'm going to bet 20 on the money line at even money to win 20 back. Let's get this win and good luck to all you gamblers out there. Remember to follow at Montana Parley on Twitter to get your best FCS 
gambling advice on the internet today.